Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will Welcome to the Text Talk podcast. We are looking today at Acts chapter 15, another episode out of Acts 15. Edwin, what is our text for today? We're going to keep reading on through, starting at verse 6. This time we're going to read all the way through verse verse 12. The apostles and the elders were gathered together to consider this matter. And after there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us. And he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus just as they will. And all the assembly fell silent, and they listened to Barnabas and Paul as they related what signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. So, first thing, I I noticed this says, the apostles and elders were gathered together to consider this matter. And for all of our longtime listeners, they know exactly what this matter is. But for those who are tuning in for the very first time today, you may be questioning, what's this matter? Yeah, so when we started uh, yesterday in Acts 15, our, our last episode, I should say, we found out that teachers had left from Judea. It would seem contextually, particularly out of the church of Jerusalem, but they have gone from that place to Antioch of Syria, and they have begun teaching Christians there the necessity to keep the customs of Moses, to observe the law of Moses, that is to be Torah observant, even to be circumcised in order to be saved. That there was a message that if you want to be a Christian, if you want to be saved in Jesus Christ, then you need to be a Jew. You need to practice Judaism. Um, we might be able to follow the logic here some, that uh, the, the Messiah is prophesied through the Jewish scriptures and Jesus was a Jew, but that they have taken upon themselves this cadre of teachers, and the, they're not named, to go to churches already established and begin telling them it's time to observe the law of Moses, keep the law of Moses. I don't think it's any accident at all. They go to a church at Antioch and it stirs up a whole lot of trouble because here's a church that is composed of Jews as well as Gentiles. Not only that, but now they come in contact, this cadre of teachers, with Paul and Barnabas who have invested time, suffered persecution, and gone at the specific calling of the Holy Spirit to regions populated by Gentiles and who had been establishing churches largely composed of Gentiles, right? And so they, these, this cadre of teachers now is calling into question the gospel that has been taught, the uh, legitimacy of all of this work and all of these churches, if this is not truly God's will. This is a big, big deal. Big deal. So Paul and Barnabas and some from the Antioch church have come to Jerusalem, and we we addressed yesterday, it's not because Jerusalem is the mother church, and now we're going to have a church council, but because that's where the problem was starting that was impacting their congregation. Right. And they come here to address this, not to find out what to teach, but to find out why Jerusalem is teaching this wrong thing. And they get there and find out that Jerusalem is not teaching this wrong thing. There are some folks in their midst 
mm-hmm. that are teaching a wrong thing. In fact, the letter that the apostles and elders send out, they're going to say, we did not give them this instruction. Mm-hmm. But here we have the debate. So at Antioch, there was no small dissension or debate we saw in the first couple of verses yesterday. Yes. But now we've got some debate going on. And as Luke records it, he only gives us a couple of the, the statements or arguments about this. Well, I was just going to say, as that is framed up for us in verse 5, which we didn't read, it said, some of the sect of the Pharisees who believed. So yeah, you, I guess, you know, specific names are not given. But we see that there is a particular party of Jews who are, have believed they're Christians, they're in the church at Jerusalem, they are the one making the proposition. Verse 5, it is necessary to circumcise them, that is Gentile people, and to command them to keep the law of Moses. Now, I'll tell you what, just my observation, I know we we got a lot to talk about and the the clock is a killer. Yeah, don't, don't kill the clock by reminding us how much we have to talk about. And thank you for not dragging out any extra time by talking to me about the time. So, these fellows, these teachers, this group of the Pharisees, they're not worried about standing up and preaching to Peter and everybody else. This is the way it is. Uh, that That is just an astounding. I, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. It's just an observation that I typically think, okay, Peter, Paul, James, okay, we'll sit down and we'll listen. But no, they're up there teaching, saying this is the way it is. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that at all, and that is something to consider. I tell you where my mind went was just the recognition that Pharisees became Christians at all. Boom. That's interesting because they were often throughout the Gospels seemingly the enemies of Jesus. They, they were almost the epitome of the enemy of Jesus between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Yeah. The, those two groups had that that angst with Jesus and all that he taught, and yet some have been impacted by it and come into Christianity. Mm-hmm. But it seems, as is often the case with conversion, I still bring in some of my baggage. Sure. I bring in some of my baggage. We saw that with Simon the Sorcerer as he brought mm-hmm. in his his sorcery yeah. baggage and the way he conducted his sorcery business. He thought Christianity and the miraculous gifts of the Spirit would work in the same way. We see the Pharisees some of them bringing in their baggage into Christianity. And so much so now that gets to what you were just saying so much so that they're even willing to argue with Peter, with Paul, with James. And now we're having this debate and Peter, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and their baggage is a bias and a prejudice against Gentiles. Absolutely. It's not the first time that Peter has had to face this among this congregation of Christians in Jerusalem. And in fact, as he draws attention, as you just read so well, the Lord chose me to go be the first preacher to the Gentiles. We read about that in Acts 10. But in Acts 11, he has to, he has to explain himself. He has to give account that he had taught Gentiles the gospel, that Gentiles had been baptized and become Christians. It, you know, it is so hard to demonstrate the real-life reality. I don't want to repeat that word twice, but the real-life reality of how things actually work out. You know, when you're watching a TV program mm-hmm. or a movie and there's a problem and we wrap the problem up in 22 to 45 minutes or maybe if it's a movie in an hour and a half to two hours and then it's almost like there's never that we, we think there's never that problem again. Mm-hmm. And it's even hard as you're writing a book to demonstrate the reality. And so you would think in Acts chapter 11, when they rejoiced because the repentance had been granted to the Gentiles, the repentance that leads to life has been granted to the Gentiles mm-hmm. and they're rejoicing and they're glorifying God. You would think done moving forward. Let's get to the next problem. 
And yet what we find is the next problem is actually, well, the same problem, and <laughs> it's just coming up again. Maybe yeah. it's because there's new people that have been converted since then, or maybe it's just because, man, it takes more than one exposure and experience for this to really settle in my heart and mind. Because mm-hmm. in Acts 11, it sure looks like the church at Jerusalem is, okay, we get it. Mm-hmm. Gentiles are apart. Mm-hmm. And honestly, here in Acts 15, by the time it's done, it looks like... Okay, second time, now we get it. (laughs) You know, we're we're not going to hold this over the Gentiles' head. And yet we do know from reading the New Testament that this is just an ongoing problem again, again, and again. It chases Paul around everywhere Mm -hmm. he preaches and teaches. The entire letter of Galatians is written because he went into Galatia and taught, and then some people came behind him and were saying these kinds of things. That's right. That's so right. it's just it, the, the reality is we've got to keep addressing these things. And, and it's not solved in 22 minutes. It's not solved in 45 minutes. So one of the bold statements that Peter makes here, maybe we can talk about that for just a minute. Yeah, let's do that. Let's jump to uh, In verse 11 uh, that you read, he, he says, But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved in the same manner as they. In the same manner as they. I, I want to think about that for just a minute because what are these Pharisee Christian teachers saying? They're going to be saved. The Jew, excuse me, the Gentiles are going to be saved like us. They're going to be Torah observant. They're going to keep the law of Moses and be circumcised. They get to be saved like we are saved. That's not what Peter says. Peter turns it completely on its head. Yeah. We are saved in the same manner as they. It's not your Torah observance. It's not the circumcision. If you're going to be saved, you're going to be saved like the Gentiles in the same manner as they. The grace of Christ, the faith. This is huge. Well, it is huge. And you bring up grace and faith. And that's interesting because Peter makes these two statements. The first one he had said in verse 9, he made no distinction between us and them having cleansed their hearts by faith. By faith. Yeah. How did their hearts get cleansed? Their hearts were cleansed by faith, not by the law, mm-hmm. not by Torah observance, not by circumcision. Their hearts were cleansed by faith. And then he wraps it up with this statement, saved by grace, and that's we Jews are going to be saved that way just as they Gentiles are. And that's I've been studying Ephesians and in the midst of all this, of course, you know, as we pointed By out before. By all this, now we're talking about, what, COVID-19 <laughs> yeah. and the disruption of life as we know it. Yeah, and I don't know where we're going to be when this actually is airing. But uh, uh, but we know our been, listeners are driving to their cars. We've been dealing with this for weeks and, and, waiting on and months now. Breath. And I've been teaching some stuff on Ephesians in this. And this is exactly what Ephesians is all about. Yes. As, as Paul highlights that the Gentiles and the Jews are blessed the exact same way way. Mm. The Gentiles have been brought into this. And of course, what does Ephesians 2 and verse 10 say? Saved by grace through Through faith. faith. So one of the things you and I have talked about, we've talked about it before. We've even talked about it as we were looking at Acts 15 and studying that this week. There is this idea that somehow there was a Peter version of Christianity and there was a Paul version of Christianity. I see Paul's version of Christianity in Ephesians. I see Peter's version of Christianity here. It sounds the same. Well, it is the same. You're right. I mean, there is a huge school of thought when you get into um, New Testament studies. And if I could use the word liberal theological studies perspective, okay, that says 
Peter was teaching a kind of a Christianity that was a very Jewish Christianity and, you know, very um, sensitive and incorporating of all this Jewish culture and aspects of the law of Moses and all such as this. Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles. He has this whole other message about grace and faith that really that really came home to the Gentile world. And uh, basically it came to the head. And guess what? The winners write the history and the winners were Pauline Christianity and grace, you know, and grace and faith. And and I think it is important to drive home that there was never a disunity between Peter and Paul and what the gospel message was, that it was a revelation from Jesus Christ, that this is spiritual and truth from God, not some sociological evolution, uh, you know, of religious ideas. And that's not to say that even Peter himself never struggled with this. We see in Galatians, chapter 2, where Paul even had to rebuke Peter because Peter, even though he was the one that was first called to go to the Gentiles, even though he defended it to the Jerusalem church on two separate occasions, there's this issue that happens that Paul has to talk about. Even Peter and even Barnabas, even Barnabas, the son of consolation and encouragement is is swayed by Peter's activities. And Paul does have to rebuke him. But, but Galatians is written because there are teachers saying Paul's changed his mind. At least mm-hmm. I think that's what's going on. Paul's changed his mind. He's, he went and talked to the other apostles. And he's and now on our he's, side. Now he's on our side. Yeah. And Paul is saying, no, I'm not. I didn't get my gospel from anybody. And by the way, the apostles agree with me. We're not teaching two different things. We're all teaching this exact same thing. That's exactly right. And the grounds by which Peter does, or Paul does rebuke Peter, as he holds Peter to the teaching that Peter had always professed. That's why there's teeth in that. It's not saying that there's a, a different doctrine. He's saying you're not practicing the doctrine you know yeah. in this instance. And have taught. And have taught. Yeah, uh, and so, um, you know, in, in, in that respect, Peter stood condemned, but we see restoration because there's one gospel, one church, and that's what's being defended here uh, in Acts chapter 15. Well, we'd love to have your feedback and discover what you are learning as you're reading along in Acts 15. Great way to do that is through an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. We love to get letters, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. We love to get nice letters. Well, yeah. But if you want to say mean things, you go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) i tell you what we love to do is we love to pray together. Edwin, why don't you lead us in prayer, and that'll close out the program. God in heaven, you are wondrous and awesome. Thank you for saving us through faith by your grace. Thank you for giving us your word so that we, we know what the faith is. And Father, thank you for giving us apostles who revealed these things. And uh, even though there were times when they were at odds, not that their teaching was at odds, but there, there were struggles that they were walking through and working through. And we get to witness some of that through the word. And that helps us figure out how to walk through disagreements and struggles. That, figure, that helps us figure out how to grow. Very thankful, God, that we get to read these things. And we are thankful that Jews and Gentiles are saved the exact same way by the exact same Savior, that we are being built together into the holy temple for you, that your glory can reside not in some building somewhere, but in us, in us as your house, as as your building. We are so thankful for that. And we pray that your glory will be in us and that we will bear your image and shine your image and glory for the world to see that others will come in and be saved by your grace, that their hearts will be cleansed by faith. Father, we love you so very, very much. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. 
You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Well,